summary of the Sikha. In this week's parsha, it talks about the Mizbeach and the fire that was on the Mizbeach, about which it said that it was in the shape of a lion, a crouched lion. That's how the fire appeared. So the Zohar says about this, that, the, that this is referring to the Malach Uriel, that lion is the angel Uriel. And the Zohar expresses two different ways that he describes that lion on the Mizbeach. One is, it looks like a like a lion, a powerful lion crouched over its prey. And then a little later it says, it looks like a lion, a great lion, a large lion, crouched over the carbon. So the Rebbe's father, which wrote on the Zoyer, notes the difference in these two sentences. One expresses the lion as a powerful lion, crouched over its prey. The other one expresses the lion as a large lion pr- crouched over its carbon. And he explains that a lion contains two elements to it, two sides to it. There is the side of Gvura. In fact, the... Um, the numerical value of a lion is Gvura, is the same numerical value of, as Gvura. But on the other hand, the face of the lion in the Merkava, on the throne of Hashem, as the vision of the prophet saw, the face of the lion was to the right. Right always, of course, represents Chesed. And that's why there are two expressions in the Zoyer. One is talking about the side of the lion which represents power, Gvura, and the other one represents the lion as it expresses chesed and therefore talks about it not as prey, not as a powerful lion, but as a large lion. So now according to this explanation of the Rebbe's father, we have to understand why then if the lion is made up of both of these elements, an integration of both of these elements, chesed and gavura, why does the Zoyer separate into two separate sentences as if it's two separate things? it would seem that he should have said both of them in the same sentence the powerful large lion crouched over its prey the carbon because the way the Rebbe's father describes it it's, it's the lion contains both and integrates both it is the p- power which is presented through the, the, the kalim of chesed through the appearance of chesed so it shouldn't be seen as two separate things it would seem that they should be integrated into one element, one sentence describing both. And just like the lion is expressed, has both elements integrated with each other, a carbon also represents both sides, chesed and gevura, integrated with each other. On the one hand, burning the animal on the mezbeach is a, and shechting it and burning it on the mezbeach is an element of gevura. But on the other hand, it brings out nachas ruach, this great feeling of pleasure and love that Hashem has for the Yidin as a result of that carbon. So it's an integration of Gevura and Chesed. In fact, even the, the act of burning the, the carbon on the Mizbeach also expresses an element aside of Chesed because we don't burn the entire animal. Parts of it are left for the owner to eat or for the, for the Kayanim to eat. And even the carbon which is completely burnt on the Mizbeach, but the hide is still given to the Kayanim as a gift. And even the Karbamincha of a Kayan that has to be completely burnt and nothing is left for the person, but as a result of that, the Kayan, when does a Kayan bring this kind of a carbon? Either when he is being inaugurated to the Avedah, so he gets that inauguration as a result of the carbon, or if he committed a sin and he brings a 
a carbon mincha as a chatas, so he gets atonement for it. So there's always an element of chesed, even as the carbon is generally an idea of gvura. And also the chesed which the carbon elicits, nachasruach, the pleasure that Hashem has from this gift that is brought to him, is always because what's the pleasure that Hashem has? I said and they did it, meaning submission. The pleasure comes from the idea of submission, which is an idea of gvura. So the ple- it's also, it's all integrated of chesed and gvura. So the question comes back, why does desire separate into two separate statements? It should have all been integrated into one. So the beginning, the explanation begins this way. The Although the lion contains both elements of chesed and gevura, but then sometimes it's the gevura which is manifest. You look at the lion, you see gevura. The chesed that it has is in the background. You don't see it. Sometimes it's the opposite. The chesed is what is noticed. The gevura is in the background. And that's why the Zoyers, in one sentence, he's describing the chesed being in the background and the gevura being dominant. And the other one is describing the gevura being in the background and the chesed being dominant. But we have to understand that too. What does that mean? So we'll understand this by what the Zoyer says before, in between these two sentences, he says as follows. Number one, there's a mushal of a melech. Uh, this could be a parable of a king which was sent a gift and he liked the gift, so he sent his servant, go receive the gift on my behalf. So also, Hashem says to Uriel, says the Zayar, go and receive the gift of this carbon that they brought for me. Then he goes on to say, that this is what it says, Hashem, a fire came forth from Hashem, this is written by the Shmini Limeluyim, on the eighth day when they were inaugurating the Mishkan, that the Hashem came down in the Mishkan, and the fire came forth, and consumed the, uh, all the carbonists that were on the Mizbeach. So the Zayr says, this is Uriel that comes down in the uh, image of fire, to receive the gift that was given to Hashem. He's the servant that receives the gift. And that's when the Zayr concludes and says, and he looks like a lion, a, a big, large lion that is crouched over the carbon. So therefore we could say, the way that the Zayr divides this now, we can say the following. One is what Uriel represents on his own. When you look at Uriel, that's by normal carbonist, you look at Uriel, he's there in, a, in the image of a lion, he represents himself, you see the power the powerful lion crouched over its prey. That's what you see when you look at the fire, at Uriel. Then there is when Hashem sends uh, Uriel down to receive the gift on his behalf. That's already a different kind of thing. There he's going to receive a, a dairen, a gift. He comes as a representative of Hashem to receive a gift. When does that happen? When the carbon that the person is bringing is brought as a gift as will be explained a little later when is, what's called the carbon that is brought as a gift so then what you see is not the gvura, the power of the lion of Ariel, then you see how he is transformed by the fact that he's being sent by Hashem for the purpose of receiving a gift you see only the chesed element of the lion, that's what's that's what you see and the gvura recedes into the background 
And the Zoyer connects that with Vatetze Eishmelifne Hashem, that the fire came forth from Hashem. Now we're looking at being sent by Hashem. The Uriel is being sent by Hashem. And we could say that here we're talking already about a large lion rather than a powerful lion and crouched over a carbon because the difference between between our Uriel as he represents as you see him rather than the messenger of Hashem and then as he appears as the messenger of Hashem can be compared to the difference between what happened during the seven days of Meluyim when Hashem did not descend upon the, upon the Mishkan and what happened on the eighth day as will now be explained the Rebbe already once discussed that the, what happened during the seven days of Meluyim they, they put up the Mishkan they brought Karbanas they did everything why is it that Hashem's the, the Ashras Hashkina didn't happen? Why did Hashem not descend upon the Mishkan? And the explanation is that there are two levels of Hashras Hashkina, the Shekhinah coming down upon something. One is the people down here do their Avaid. It's called Isarus Latata. We do whatever we can in order to bring forth a revelation of godliness. So that revelation is all in accordance with our Avaid. And since we are within creation, we have limitations of creation, our Aveda is therefore limited, and can only bring forth a revelation of godliness from within creation. Then there is an Aveda which is Isarusa Dela'ela, it comes from Hashem Himself, it's not predicated on the Aveda that the person did, and therefore it comes from an infinite place, a much higher place, the way Hashem wants to reveal it. And that's the difference. Of course, during the seven days, there was also a revelation of godliness as a result of the Karbanas. But since that was all based on the Aveda of the people as they were doing it, therefore the revelation was also in accordance, you know, accordance to that from within creation. The eighth day was something completely different. Over there, although it was necessary for Aaron to bring the Karbanas in order to bring the Hashra Sashchina down, but it wasn't an Ashras Ashkinah that was based on Aaron's Aveda. The only reason Aaron had to do Aveda was because Hashem did not want it to come free. When it comes free without effort, then it's bread of shame and you, you don't feel satisfied that it was, it's like you're embarrassed to receive such largesse without having done anything. Therefore, Aaron had to do Aveda in order to elicit that revelation. But it wasn't in accordance with the Aveda of Aaron it was something completely transcendent. And that's what, the, the, that's what is the big news of the eighth day. It was a completely different type of Asher HaZashchina. So what is the difference practically between the Aveda that the Yidin did during the seven days and the Aveda that Aaron did on the eighth day? That one of them only elicited a limited revelation. The Aveda that he did on, on the eighth day somehow was the good preparation for the infinite revelation of Shechina. So this can be understood by the, the, the difference of what happened during the seven days. Look at one element. During the seven days, Aaron brought par echad. Every day he brought a bull. And the, the, it's explained, the reason they brought the bull was to atone for, to receive atonement for the cheta eagle that he was involved in the eagle and therefore had to bring this bull which is an older eagle in order to atone, bring atonement for that what does it then say about the eighth day 
if he brought seven bulls already and he reached atonement, so then on the eighth day it says again, he had to bring um, an eagle ben bakr lechatas again he has to bring an eagle what's the reason for this new eagle? and it, it, so it's explained lahaydia to make it known that Hashem has given atonement through this eagle for the Maisei eagle. so why why do we need another one if already seven of them brought atonement the answer is perhaps the atonement for Aaron was uh, was achieved by the seven uh, during the seven days of Meluyim. That's when he achieved atonement. Here, it's not to achieve atonement, but rather, it's to make known that Hashem has given atonement to Aaron. It's a completely different type of thing. This was a, as the Alter Rebbe says, that sometimes when a person already has done tshuva and therefore knows without question that he has reached atonement but there is an idea of a doyrin to give, present a gift to Hashem in order to bring out the goodwill of Hashem even though you already have atonement but to bring out goodwill doyrin, a goodwill from Hashem that's a different type of an offering and that's what Aaron was offering on that day that was this egel it's not to achieve atonement it's just to give a further um, like I said, a further gift to Hashem Doiren, as we talked about before, and therefore Hashem now wants to make it known that He has achieved atonement. It's not about achieving atonement, but Hashem wants to show His love, that He wants everyone to know that it's that Aaron has achieved atonement, and that's the why the Zoyer separated. Now we can understand why the Zoyer separated it into two sentences. The one sentence is talking about. The, the fire which comes and therefore it's seen in it is what accomplishes the, the atonement from within creation and therefore what you see because it's limited by the parameters of creation what you see is gevura what you see is limitation that's why it appears the Zaire says that it appears like a powerful lion crouched over its prey and the fact that it has elements of chesed is in the background. You don't see that. But then there is another element to carbon, which is that a yid brings a carbon because he has a feeling that he wants to bring a gift to Hashem to elicit goodwill, not because he needs atonement. It's because after he has achieved atonement, he has this feeling that he wants to give a gift, and that, that reaches beyond creation. That's not about him. That's about giving a gift to Hashem that is something which brings out the chesed within the carbon, and that's why there the Zayar already defines it as a large lion which is pr- crouched over its carbon because there you see its chesed.